The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, October 14th, and today just four days before the start of the NBA regular season. We are finishing up our final two division previews in the Western Conference. This is the Northwest and Southwest. We will talk Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson, Jalen Green, and more as we look ahead to a big few days of fantasy drafts coming up. I'm joined by Ryan Knaus and Jonas Nader. And, and Jonas, first things first, I mean, it's just good to see your mic back in commission after dude. the devastation <laughs> of draft night. I'm so excited, dude. Everyone knows, like... Doc is the most tech challenge, but I think I've eclipsed him this year. So I think I've taken the title from him. I know he's excited about that. So yeah, yeah it's great to be back. I've definitely missed talking to you. You're he's excited to not be the most tech challenge and you somehow are excited to be the most tech challenge. So I feel like it's a win-win. Yeah. I've turned into a boomer, but it's okay. Right. I'm here <laughs> now. just accepting his fate at this point. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those who missed it, Jonas uh, came into the draft show. The mic was glitching. Uh, it happens sometimes. We don't exactly know why, and uh, we couldn't fix it. It was devastating for all involved. Uh, so glad you're here now. Guys, we have a lot to dive into. Um, and if you've missed our preview episodes of previous divisions, go back and check those out. Uh, we have two left to do today, so we're going to kind of do express mode, try to fly through these. And we're going to start in the Northwest with a team that I refer to as the Utah Jazz. Now, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, but this team is apparently going to be tanking this year. And there may be more than one. Some are saying there's going to be more than one team tanking. There's this guy, Victor Wembanyama. You, you know the deal, right? So as we look at this roster, right, there's been a lot of turnover, a ton of turnover. And I just want to keep this first one open-ended. Who are we prioritizing on this Utah roster? It doesn't have to be one name. It can be a couple. Let's just quickly talk through our our favorite small handful of targets on this roster, starting with you, Jonas. You know, everyone's flocking to Laurie Markin and Colin Sexton. That's right. fine. I think they've kind of sucked out the value at their ADPs, in my opinion. Right. I think the kind of guy that's kind of floating under the radar is Jared Vanderbilt. And the reason is when they acquired Laurie Markin and people were like, oh, well, he's going to take Vanderbilt's uh, spot in the starting lineup. But that hasn't happened. They're starting Laurie at the three, just like he did in Cleveland. They've got mm-hmm. Vanderbilt at the four. They've talked about using him at the five for stretches too. And yes, he hasn't had a good preseason. Um, I think that's going to change when they surround him with some shooting, hopefully, because they haven't had any yet. But Vanderbilt last year, a mid-rounder in like 25 minutes, he's easily going to get that this year. Um, one of the league leaders in deflections, one of the league leaders in steal rate. I'm all in on Vanderbilt. I think he's a very, very interesting fantasy uh, prospect, especially in category league. So I'm all in. I like I like Vanderbilt well enough. And I think, as you guys alluded to, Markinen and Sexton are kind of known commodities. They're, everyone expects them to feast as options one and two for this offense. Mm-hmm. But there is a little bit of shutdown risk. So I think where they're going ADP-wise, there's not a ton of value there. Uh, I'll throw a couple rookies in there. I think Walker Kessler mm-hmm. is a rookie on a tanking team. And then Ochai Agbaji, another rookie on a mm-hmm. tanking team. Yeah, Agbaji... I, I sort of like he had shooting splits last year of 47, 41, 74. 
So he won't kill you there. He's a four-year college player. So he comes in at 22 years old, mm-hmm. more ready-made physically for the NBA. I think minutes will be there, especially as the season goes on. I'm not sure he'll get a ton of supporting stats to like blow up and and hit early to mid-round value, but uh, you know enough there to take a flyer. And then Kessler's blocks rate is just nuts. Uh, since 2009, Kessler's 19.1% block rate from last year is the highest on record in the NCAA. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside and Jamarian Sharp are the only others to have hit over 18% block rate. And Kessler's looked pretty good this preseason. So I'll give him uh, a nod here as well. Yeah, those those are all... I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same place, I think, when it comes to Sexton and Markin. I mean, I would be okay drafting either of them. But as you said, like their ADPs have kind of risen to meet probably the expected value. I think Kelly Olenek is another veteran who could have... A, a glorious stretch here before uh, shutdown stuff happens. But I, I'm with you, Ryan. The name I wrote down was Walker Kessler. ADP on Yahoo outside 140. Um, it's crowded at center a little bit, weirdly, when we thought it wasn't. Like, there was a part earlier this offseason where we were thinking, all right, it's wheels up for Walker Kessler. There's nobody there to challenge him. That's a, It's a little different now, especially, Jonas, as you say, if Vanderbilt's going to play some center, Olenek is there. But I just think... Uh, as you as you alluded to, Ryan, four point six blocks per game in college last year for this guy. Uh, he's already shown a little bit of that in the preseason. He had a twelve point seven rebound, four block game off the bench. I think likely he may start slow, but I love him as a flyer. And this is a guy who, if I draft him, I'm going to try to stay patient with because I think this is a guy whose second half of the year could really take off. Yeah, my plan, if it's not a very competitive league, let's just ride Kelly Olenek until what January, maybe February, yeah. and then Walker's going to feast. Like he's going to be right. the guy that feasts. He's kind of like the Isaiah Jackson of last year, like the guy we're kind of waiting mm-hmm. for, the young yeah. guy with a massive block rate to get minutes. So that's my and, plan. Anyway. And wouldn't shock me if he ends up on some waiver wires in shallower mm-hmm. leagues. After, you know, expectations at the beginning, but then, you know, he has a 12-minute game and be like, ah, forget this, I'm not waiting. I could yeah. see that being the case, but I I definitely in some of my leagues want to draft him to find out just to right. see what it looks like for the first handful of games. Let's move to another uh, extreme tank situation, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, we know, and this is a guy we talk about a lot, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is affected by this tanking. He also has already dealt with a knee injury, an MCL sprain. It's looking like he's likely not ready for the start of the regular season. And when you factor that in, Ryan, with this team's very clear intention to tank, I mean, SJ just seems like a an obvious stay away guy in fantasy. But am I missing something? Is he an obvious, is he as obvious of a stay away guy as he seems to be? I'm going to say yes. I, I think the risk factors pile upon other risk factors and make him someone I'm more than happy to let another manager take the gamble yeah. on uh his adp currently sits inside top 50 for yahoo and fan tracks so it just eliminates the value for him y- you mentioned the mcl sprain so he comes into the season with a lower body injury not great right uh he's a shutdown risk on a tanking team we've already seen them do it when he was younger than this now yeah he's only what 24 i think at this point or something like that yeah somewhere in there probably. but if we assume that mike muscala and kenrick williams are in the rotation that makes sga the third oldest rotation player on the okc roster they're just that young so you're talking about essentially an established veteran on a tanking team who comes into the season with an injury who on a team with a demonstrated history of shutting him down. Uh, I just don't like it. And Basketball Monster shows SGA with one season inside the top 55 for nine cap value. 
Yet, as I alluded to at the beginning, his ADP is currently under 50. So you're assuming he'll stay healthy, be the better, as good as he's ever been, and also won't be shut down. It's just too much risk for me. Yeah, so I actually took uh, Shea Gilders alexander 48th overall on the draft show. I wasn't happy about it. I was kind of panicking. I was trying to fix my audio as well. Uh, in hindsight, <laughs> I would have taken the Tyrese Maxey over him easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to put it this way too. Like if SGA wasn't on the Thunder, he wasn't hurt, he'd probably be a borderline second, third round guy, right? Because at the end of last year, he was fan- fantastic. We're talking 30-point games, eight rebounds, eight assists. Yeah. The upside's undeniable. But like we've yeah. said time and time again, there are going to be six or seven teams who are just going to be outright blatantly taking. It's going to be the worst we've ever seen. Last year, I specifically remember in March, SGA tweaked his ankle and said, oh, he's fine. I can play if I want to. The next game, he says, oh, I'm, I'm going to be cautious. I've talked to the coaching staff. We're just going to be cautious here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same story. Same story. So right. I'm not going near him unless it's round five at minimum, and I'd still be very, very leery there. So 35 and 56 games played the last two seasons mm-hmm. for SGA. So looking at guys we do want to aggressively target in this tanking situation, Jonas, do you have, similar to the Utah situation, do you have a favorite target or targets plural here? Any round, any guy, who who do you like out of this uh, this exciting mess? Um, I'm going to channel my inner doc here and go Alexis Pokazewski, who has been really strong. Like, yes, he wasn't great in the summer league. He did pick up in that last game, but in the preseason, he has looked really good, right? He's finally added about 10 pounds of muscle too. So his, I think they had him like 4,000 calories a day or something crazy like that, but his three point shot looks great. He's no longer shouting Kobe from 40 feet out three seconds into shot clock. (laughs) So I like him. I mean, he had a triple double late last year. Like there's all kinds of popcorn stat appeal here. Decent steal rate, decent block rate. They talked about him using mm-hmm. it at the five, and they have no one there. Right? They yeah. might start Jeremiah Earl Robinson there. That's how bad it is. So I like Pokazewski, and you can get him, what, 12th, 13th round from what I've been seeing? So, yeah, that's a worthy flyer. Uh, and there's another rookie I know Ryan's probably excited about taking. <laughs> you going with one of the Williams? The one? Yes. J- Jalen with no Y in his name. It's, yes. It looked, looked very interesting. Yes. Uh, should get the opportunities. I was also going to say Poku. He seems mm-hmm. like a flavor of the moment kind of guy given his strong preseason you said that mark uh denault is comfortable using him at center a little bit i think that's that's pretty big for his value i mean he's a guy that's been so rail thin you you still worry about his durability but they're gonna find those matchups where other teams are going small and throw poku in there with more play playmaking responsibility he looks very good on a macro scale well i guess josh giddy i'll throw in there for points leagues i think he's gonna be really fun i'm a little worried about his ADP being too high to hit value mm-hmm. in 8-cat, 9-cat. Uh, but generally, OKC, I view as more of like a streaming value proposition, mm-hmm. flavor of the week as the season goes on type team instead of, oh, you have to get these guys on your team on draft night. <clears throat> it's more flag mm-hmm. every single player on this team so that they're on your watch list because they're probably yeah. going to hit value at some point. I mean, Lindy Waters was hitting value at a certain point late last year. <laughs> like, crazy things happen in OKC, so... Jalen Horde had good those old, 20 rebound games. I remember yeah. those. <laughs> yeah. Good old Lindy So Waters. I guess we should just watch who the best players are in the G League and hope that the Thunder sign them. And then our 30 deep leagues will pick them up and we'll win. There you go. So I just actually drafted Usman Jang in the 30 mm-hmm. team league late. He's made a little noise this preseason. The number yeah. 12 pick in the draft, I think. Um, like or that. 11. 11, maybe. Jalen Williams was 12. Uh, yeah, Jang they traded up to the or, or vice versa. for Dang, I think. Yeah, I may have it one one or the other. But yeah. speaking of the Jalen Williams thing, 
J-A-L-E-N Williams, double figures in all four preseason games, including mm-hmm. 21 on Thursday. He has seven steals in four games. So that's that's a late-round flyer. You want to draft him, the number... Oh, he's the number 12 pick in the draft, okay? okay. Make sure you draft that Jalen, not J-A-Y-L-I-N, the number 34 pick. But with that said, would it shock anyone if J-A-Y-L-I-N has value at some point this season? It wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, I mean, they don't have any centers. It wouldn't surprise me either, so... <laughs> So, yeah, Jalen and Jalen, both on our radar, but J-A-L-E-N is the higher priority right now. Before we get any more uh, confused or spell out any more names, we're going to go to the Portland Trailblazers, team number three on our list here in the Northwest. Uh, Point blank, Ryan, this is a simple one. Uh, Are you excited about anyone other than Damian Lillard on this roster? It's okay if the answer is yes, but I I just have a question. I wish I could say yes, but I don't think, honestly, I'm not even that excited about Dame this year, which is the okay. first time I've been able to say that in a long time. Although I t- I will mitigate that by saying that his average draft position is outside of the first round. So mm-hmm. if you can get mm-hmm. Dame at number 14, where he's going in a lot of leagues, God bless. That, that's a solid pick, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, for the rest of them, they all have fantasy flaws. Jeremy Grant doesn't really thrill me. Anthony Simons is going to get cooking offensively at a certain point, but you know, can he do it with decent field goal percentage and can he do it with any amount of defensive stats that's really dragged him down? He's not a natural playmaker. Um, and it's such an awkward play in type roster. Like they're competing to mm-hmm. win now, but they're not really that good. So young guys like Nas little and Shaden sharp, just they're not going to get the sufficient amount of playing time they would need to hit fantasy value. I don't think so. It undercuts the value and interest in the young guys, all their established veterans like Nurk is just going to kill you from the line. He's been very inconsistent. So yeah, the answer is no, nobody thrills me. Uh, Same answer as Ryan, except I'm a little more bullish on Dame. This is a guy that was usually top seven or top eight. And historically he would always heat up after the all-star break too, which is kind of like what fantasy managers love. Uh, Mm. He's finally healthy. Uh, That roster looks bleak i will say but that's kind of good because if the blazers are in that seventh eighth ninth <coughs> tenth range then they're going to be playing games that matter and what could be like mm-hmm. one of the grossest finishes to any season because of yeah. Lamanyama. so I'll- i like dame and with lamello's injury i think that kind of puts him in the top 10 for me quite comfortably yeah part of part of my problem and maybe why i'm being too conservative with dame is because i got bitten by him last year when early early yeah. in the season i was like okay he's got a a core problem, but he's been playing through it for years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, surely, you know, he's been one of the most durable players for the past five, you know, ever since he's been in the league, really, uh, especially for fantasy, that durability was massive. So I kind of downplayed concerns and then sure enough, he shut it down and I yeah. felt right. silly. So now I'm a little <laughs> bit, a little bit gun shy. I'm, I'm more intrigued. It sounds like than you guys are by Jeremy Grant, who in four preseason games has five steals, seven blocks and eight triples. I think that's really what you can get from him in addition to points. I mean, last year he was nearly two threes, a steal and a block per game with 19 points. And I I think on this roster, I think he can still be a, you know, kind of the clear number two potentially behind Lillard and, and maintain most of that scoring. I mean, obviously the downside is Grant doesn't really help you in boards for like essentially a power forward, uh, Mm -hmm. four boards per game, two and a half dimes. I don't know. I think if you can, can make up the rebounds elsewhere, I don't think he's a bad pick with an ADP of 78 on Yahoo. I mean, that's a guy who blocks are scarce, a block per game at that point in the draft and some other categories. I kind of like him. I'm not going to be, you know, 
like Part- throwing my keyboard to get him, but mm-hmm. but I kind of like him. He he averaged like fifty one games played for the past two seasons. Matt, are you worried about his injuries, or do you do you attribute that to he he was playing for Detroit and they had no incentive to keep him on the court? That's a good point. I haven't thought about that as much. I mean, and I'd have to double check how much that is blatant uh, Detroit shutdown situation versus. Um, actual legitimate injuries. I, I haven't really double checked that. I don't know if you have a thought on that initially. I can't remember, to be honest with you. Does the in- injury history worry you, or are you more? No, I think that's more of the Detroit factor as well. Yeah. Like they were looking for an excuse to hit him anytime they could last year, and plus he was just taking too many shots away from Kate as well. Uh, but yeah, Jeremiah, kind of like a, I would say, a poor man's Gerald Wallace type. But in that mm-hmm. draft range, I, I'd almost rather shoot for more upside, right? Yeah, I, I just think. I just think there are much worse, you yeah. know, seventh round targets. Like he, he's not going to be in what, like four rounds later, and he probably is going to outproduce Jeremiah Grant at well, some point this year. He looks and we though. we will get there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move to Denver. Uh, this one I want to focus on the guys coming back from injury, and of course, by that I mean Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Jonas, what's your approach with these two guys? Not going near any of them. No chance. Okay. Jamal Murray okay. already hurt with a hamstring and groin. Yeah. No chance. We've already talked about his. he's going to get load managed already with the knee. He's already mm-hmm. hurt. No way. Michael Porter Jr. had one good preseason game, and the next he felt mm-hmm. kind of sluggish. So it's going to be a big ramp up for him. I feel like he's going to be that kind of guy you buy low, like in January, February, and then he'll take off, but I'm very cautious. I think the bigger concern for Denver we I probably should talk about is that Doc went on this epic 24-hour rant on Nikola Jokic's wrist. On Twitter, he's got me all freaked out. He has some conspiracy oh, yeah. that Jokic's wrist is hurt way more than they're letting on. So now I'm sweating because I've taken Jokic number one in like two leagues, and I, I couldn't sleep last night thanks to Doc. <laughs> I have two, and the, the Nuggets have addressed it. They've obviously downplayed it, but mm-hmm. one of their beat writers noted that this wrist injury goes back to last season. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. he he heard it. You know, he played through it in the playoffs and looked good, and it, it even had a similar injury the year prior. So. Nothing leads me to believe it's going to be a problem. Malone downplayed it and was basically saying, we're going to, you know, we're thinking about the long-term picture here. We're not playing Jokic in preseason games if we don't have to. So I'm not panicking as someone who's also taken Jokic as the easy, no questions Mm -hmm. asked, number one pick in any format. Uh, You know, it's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. But as far as Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., the guys with real injury risks, Mm -hmm. um, I'm with Jonas. They both scare me a little too much. I would definitely rather bet on Michael Porter Jr. just because he has demonstrated top 30 upside. He's like an amplified risk and amplified reward. The risk is glaring. I'm losing track of how many back surgeries he's had. Are we at three or four? I, I forget. I think four. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, en- enough said, I guess. But yeah. like I said, he, he could be a second second round guy and win a league for you. Whereas Murray, coming off a major injury, they're already talking about uh, compensatory injuries where he's you know creating soft tissue problems because he's favoring the surgically repaired knee all those things and when you look at a guy like Tyrese Maxey whose ADP is 12 spots higher I would much rather prioritize grabbing a point guard like that and just punting Murray let someone else take that risk yeah the mental aspect yeah, I mean because Jamal was actually cleared to return for the playoffs last year and he said that he could have returned but he, d- he didn't feel comfortable enough on his knee to play so and- that is a red flag for me. Yeah, and he admitted this preseason that he doesn't have his burst or he, he can't jump mm-hmm. as high, basically. Now, I don't think he was Yikes. saying for the rest of my life. He was just saying, yeah. right now, I need to build up to it. But still, you don't want a guy going into the season with reduced athleticism, a history of lower body injuries, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, as for MPJ, I mean, 
the good news is the ADP is not so high that you are taking a crazy risk by drafting him. But I think right. you do have to draft him realizing it could be a total bust again. But I mean, we're talking about, I think, fifth, sixth round, in depending on right on the line there, right in a 12-team league. I think he was low 60s last I checked on Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm not, I'm not, I don't mind that. I think I'd be willing to do it in some leagues. It's not going to be my approach across the board, but if I, I have already drafted him around there and I, I will probably do it again just because we know the upside, as you said, Ryan. As for the Jokic thing, right wrist heavily taped, uh, according yeah. to our latest blurb on NBC Sports Edge. I mean, that blurb is very much down, I'm not sure who wrote it, very much downplaying it. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I mean, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's enough. No, it is enough to take in this blur, but he's been freaking everybody out on Twitter. I love it. It's just his style. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, it is enough to make me almost hope I don't get the number one pick right? uh, yeah. in my leagues because, especially with what we've talked about, the scenario where you can end up with you know a couple of great players if you're drafting in the late first round potentially. So yeah, I don't know. Just grab you... bones, right? If I you mean, grab bones with any yeah. of these three guys, you have at least a fallback plan, right? Because bones has looked really mm-hmm. good too. Jokic did, we should say, return and play through this wrist injury in a mm-hmm. preseason game. So if Denver was at all concerned, yeah. you would think that their medical right. staff would be like, "No way, we're having the twice reigning MVP play in a meaningless exhibition if there's any chance that he's got like real right. ligament damage or whatever." <laughs> so Steve's fear mongering, notwithstanding, I'm not. I'm not going to let it. Uh, I, to to be clear, I'm I think in any league where I have the number one pick, I'm still taking him. I just I'm now yeah. you know nine percent nervous. Yeah, yeah Doc yeah, owns real estate in my right. head now. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys this: uh, better pick at or around their Yahoo ADP, Ryan? This is coming your way first. Yahoo ADP around ten for Car Anthony Towns or twenty for Anthony Edwards. You can move it up a spot, you know, or down a spot or two, but general area, which do you like better? Mm-hmm. So this is like a classic. Would you rather? Um, <laughs> this is. Indeed. I'll go with I'll go with Carl Anthony Towns at ten. I think uh, I'm not too worried. Maybe part of the reason Cat's falling is because people are concerned about the Gobert impact. I'm not too worried about mm-hmm. that. I do think a dip mm-hmm. in rebounds is probably to be expected. Uh, but we're talking about a guy who's a top five fantasy stud year after year after year, who has missed a bunch of games the past couple of years, but not really mm-hmm. because of concerning long-term injuries, fluky things, long-term illnesses, family problems off the court, family tragedies. And he's not quite 27 years old yet. Let's remember, this this guy is still mm-hmm. in his prime, entering his prime, arguably. He's an excellent shooter. And with the gravity that Gobert commands in the paint, suddenly Cat's going to have much easier time living on the perimeter. So I expect good things there. Uh, I'll take him. That's not to downplay what I think Anthony Edwards will do. I think he's going to have a huge year. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. let Jonas speak to that part of it. But yeah, I'll, Kat's my guy here. Yeah, Cat at 10 is one of the biggest no-brainers this year because everyone in that range has a big question mark and Cat probably has right. the least, right? So as for Anthony Edwards, I almost like 20 as much as I like Cat at 10. I think players going into their year three year, Edwards has added like 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. He just looks massive, dude. Uh, I'm ready for a big year. He really picked it up defensively last year. That's really what we wanted to see. The steal and block mm-hmm. rate way up. Um, I think it's going to have more uses this year. They've talked about dialing back D'Angelo Russell. He's almost exclusively a playmaker now. Um, so I love Edwards. I think he's going to be yep. – he has a shot at top 15 value. Just with his stat set alone, I think he has a shot at top 15 numbers. And I love year three players. That's typically when they break out. And he was Towns top by, 40 last yeah. year. So this isn't like mm-hmm. anticipating some wild leap from 85 right. to 20. Like 
he he's already mm. knocking on the door. Yes. No, it's not. But you are drafting that. You are drafting that leap. You right. know what I mean? Mm. You you know, Jonas. I know you said top fifteen, but I think you could also argue top twenty is a top twenty five is a realistic jump if you want to be you know a little bit conservative about the leap he could make. So yeah. I mean, you are drafting that, and and I do believe that the player can get there. But you are projecting here. You know what I mean? You're drafting yeah, him, maybe not quite mind, at his ceiling, but close to it. Keep in mind that everyone in that draft range, though, has major question marks. I don't see a question mark for Anthony Edwards. You know what I mean? For sure. I, I do. Yes. And I, th- I think you can do way worse in the yeah. late second mm-hmm. round. Way worse. And you're, and you're I, drafting a potential absolute monster. But I also think you're drafting close to it. his yeah. ceiling. But I also you know. don't personally want to be conservative when projecting his leap. I mean, he is, after all, mm-hmm. the, the second favorite in odds for most improved player honors yeah. behind right. Tyrese right. Halliburton. Every offseason report is glowing. As Jonas mentioned, he looks physically in nor- like mm-hmm. So I, I'm willing to take a, a bullish stance on him, I guess. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, look, last year he averaged around 21 points. He was at 4.7 rebounds, 3.8 dimes, 1.4 steals, 0.6 blocks, three threes. I mean, you you bump him up a little bit in some of those categories. You're talking about just an, an absolute, you know, yes. monster across the board. So can he get to 0.8 blocks, you know, 1.6 steals, you know, four and a half assists? I don't know. I'm just, they're just throwing some numbers out there. 24 points, you know, suddenly, yeah, that's a real fun guy to have on your fantasy roster and you won't be mad you took him in the second round. As for Towns, I'll just add, that's kind of what I was talking about before with the late first round thing. I mean, Towns and Lillard, you can potentially start a team that way in some leagues. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, you're off to a good start there, potentially. That's nasty. Okay. Okay. A couple more, one more uh, Minnesota-related question. Jonas, you get past the big three on this roster. We've already talked Edwards. We've already talked Towns. I think we have a relatively clear expectation of what we're going to get from Gobert. I think Mm -hmm. you... You borderline cut and paste what Rudy Gobert does wherever yes. he ends up, I think, at this stage of his career. Past the big three, do you like anyone else as a value, Jonas? Uh, Jada McDaniels, he let us down last year. The steal and block rates were not nearly as high as they should be. Like, if you watch mm-hmm. him play, like, he has the longest arms I've ever seen. Just a mm-hmm. massive wingspan, a fantastic athlete. The Athletic wrote this, like, four-page hype piece on him where every single player on the roster was like, oh, my God, this guy is going to just be insane this year. Looked oh, somewhat okay in the preseason. I know mm-hmm. the last game was pretty solid. But at his draft range, you can get him so late. Like, there's just nothing yeah. but upside in that draft range. And you look at players, what are you looking for? You're looking for those blocks, steals, and threes guys late in drafts. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're looking for the next Robert Covington, Mikel Bridges, Jada McDaniels is in that conversation. Yeah, and, and a guy whose role seems etched in stone going into this season. Like, he's going to get plenty of minutes. Uh, the Wolves, mm-hmm. you know, to to believe the reports out there, the Wolves, like, erupted in cheers when they managed to pull off the Gobert trade without giving up Jaden McDaniels. They view yeah. him that highly. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who's going to be featured. Um, it, there aren't that many other people who jump out at me, to be honest. D'Angelo Russell, I guess, could be sneaky. Uh, part of the problem is durability. Mm-hmm. He's not a good yeah. field goal percentage guy. The Wolves have talked ad nauseum about how he's going to operate in the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert and will really benefit from having a true role man and so forth. I can buy into that to some extent. Hopefully that'll increase his field goal percentage a little bit, maybe his dimes. Uh, But he feels like a guy to me who you draft when point guards are dried up and you're like, well, best available point guard on the boards, which is part of the reason I'm very eager. And we talked about Jamal Murray's risk factor. There are a lot of guys in that 60 to 80 range who would just 
have too many asterisks. So I'm trying to get one to two point cards before we get to round six so that I don't have to draft D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Completely I think at agree. that point in the draft, I'm I'm waiting a little longer than taking like a Trey Jones rather than uh, yeah, take D'Angelo like Russell. That not that he can put up, not that he can put up Russell numbers, but you know what right. I mean. Um, yeah, as for McDaniel's in four preseason games, he's he's just south of ten points per game, 0.8 blocks, one point three threes. I think that one 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 uh, steals, blocks, and threes is in reach for this guy. Potentially mm-hmm. more threes than that, and he's not going to be a monster scorer. But I don't think we're expecting that where we're drafting him. You know, ten twelve points per game handful of boards and those steals blocks and threes so i like him as a late round guy as well we are going to hit the southwest division coming up but first we will take a very quick break the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. The basketball season is almost here, and you can get a jump start on your draft with the Roto World Fantasy Draft Guide. Get player profiles, expert rankings, mock drafts, and more. Use code HOOPS5 at checkout and get yours for just $5. That is code HOOPS5 at checkout. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. All right, fellas, Southwest Division. We're going to begin in Memphis. A guy by the name of Desmond Bain has an ADP on Yahoo of 50. Ryan, uh, how high do you see Bain's ceiling being in I mean, do you like this pick around here, man? I think you could actually argue this one is actually kind of a bargain. I, You know what? That was going to be my answer. I thought that was going to be a bit of a surprise, but I guess I can't pull anything. No, on, I didn't mean mouth. to take your answer, Ryan, but I was I just, I had to say it. I had to say no, it. No, yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was very high on Desmond Bain going into last year because he was an absolute value pick. You could get him in the I remember. last round. Yeah, I mean, humble. You were the highest in the entire industry. Yeah, he was undrafted in a lot of leagues. You talked me into him in my home league, by the way, and I I thank you for that. Oh, very nice. I'm always happy to help. I couldn't get Um, him anywhere else because I was in mostly leagues with you. So (laughs) That's that's true. Um, His durability, I think, helps. He played 68 games as a rookie, 76 games last year. Mm -hmm. And he's coming off a huge fantasy year in which he played under 30 minutes per game. So I've projected him somewhat conservatively at 71 games Mm -hmm. and just under 32 minutes. And if you add those numbers, he projects close to top 30 for nine cap. Mm-hmm. So I think unless you 
anticipate him only playing in 60 games or only playing 26 minutes or taking a massive hit in usage or efficiencies. Something has to go very wrong, is my point, for him to not somehow hit value here. He's not a very flashy kind of guy. Like, I don't think people are super excited to draft Desmond Bain this year because it feels like maybe you're drafting his ceiling. But I'm with you. I don't think we are. Yeah, I completely agree. He's only 24 years old. He's built like a tank. He's probably not going to get hurt. His minutes are only going to go up. There's no D'Anthony yep. Melton. Zaire Williams has been – it's been a weird preseason. He hasn't been in the rotation lately. I don't know what's going on there. He um, he didn't dress or something for their yeah. most recent game, and it's very unclear. Odd. I was looking around to see if there's an injury, but I couldn't find anything. Yeah, um, very odd. But maybe, maybe, maybe a lingering injury. It's a little unclear. Yeah, but Bain so. should clear, what, 32, 33 minutes at least. And in the offseason, it was a quiet offseason, I will say, but at media day he said one thing I'm looking to add is more playmaking. Last year, they experimented with him as a backup point guard for stretches, and it looked good. Like, if he gets more playmaking, too, we could see an uptick from the 2.7 assists he had last year. And this is a guy who has, I sound like Colin Collinsworth, 43% from three twice in a row. Like, Clay Thompson-level three-point shooting. So, yeah, top 50 just seems like you said, a bargain. And his scoring doubled almost from year one to year two, 9.2 to 18.2. So, uh, you love to see that. And I think 20-plus points per game is well within reach. I mean... No Jaron Jackson Jr. He's kind of the clear-cut number two guy behind John Moran on the Grizzlies right now, right? To start Absolutely. the season? Yeah. Definitely. So, I don't know. I, I don't well, know exactly why. You know, there's Dylan the Terry Rozier. he is, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> true. True. Uh, very good point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know what I don't know what it is. This is not as extreme as the Terry Rozier thing that we saw for a couple years running, where I was like, "This guy's better than, yeah. way better than his ADP." But mm-hmm. Desmond Bain is pretty clearly projects to be around better than his ADP. About so, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Okay, now to the Spurs. I, I, does anyone feel have any a burning need to talk about anything else on the Grizzlies? We weren't planning on it, but I mean. Does anyone want to talk Jaron Jackson Jr. or the plan there? I know, Jonas, that's your guy. I'm excited that they're being a little bit more transparent with this injury history last year. Like, the year before when he had the knee injury, all they would say is that he's progressing nicely, right? No timetable. This year, they're actually giving step-by-step things of what he's doing. Like, he's been cleared for everything except for contact, full contact. So, he's been ramping up. Jaron Jackson, when asked about the season opener, he said it's unlikely, but he said it'll surprise you. So, that's good, too. So, if we see him by Thanksgiving, I'll be happy. So, at his ADP, mm-hmm. I think JJJ is a great gamble, considering the year he just had. Yeah, um, JJJ, I'm I'm a little obviously everyone's probably mm-hmm. more down on him than Jonas is to be honest, but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know I I get it. I mean the upside is is glaring, and mm-hmm. I'm in a league with uh, Jared that's a roto league, and we have three IR mm-hmm. spots. So that was I drafted JJJ, no questions asked in the middle rounds. Mm-hmm. So I was like I just tuck this guy away, yeah. and then. Mm-hmm. have a roto stud towards the second half of the year um you know w- we talked in a previous pod matt about santi aldama i think he's still yeah. you know th- the hype train's kind of rolling you do mm-hmm. worry a little bit about what happens when jjj returns to his role you know are you setting yourself up for a guy you're gonna have to cut in a couple months maybe but for someone who's going okay. undrafted or you're getting in the final round who cares yeah so i yeah. definitely put him on my like interested to draft grizzlies radar for sure Santi over Brandon Clark at this point. Where are we there? Because I know when this first happened, the injury, it's like, oh, well, here comes Brandon Clark. And it's not like Brandon Clark has gone away, you know, 18, 16 minutes and 18 points, their most recent preseason game. But is it going to be Santi Aldama who's getting more minutes, Jonas, do we think? 
Yeah, I think initially, yes. So I think it's going to be Santi Aldama is going to give you like a month or two of streaming value depending on JJJ's absence. But then when JJJ is cleared, I do think Clark gets the first nod as the primary backup just because of the the fit of the roster. So mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't mean I'm not taking Aldama late round. I'm definitely taking him. You can get him, what, probably 12th round now. Usually be, you could take yeah. him wherever you wanted. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm still streaming him for sure. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Is Brandon Clark the new DeAnthony Melton in the sense of like, this guy puts up great per minute numbers and we want him to get more minutes and the Memphis doesn't seem to want to consistently give him those minutes. Could be. I, I know he's up for a contract one. extension too. That could be a factor here for the Grizzlies. Like, should we kind of put him on ice for a little bit? You know, it's just, I think I Clark's really yeah. good. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. go ahead, Ryan. I, I, well, I don't know if Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, I would love to actually look at the minutes last year when they shared the court and see how that worked out for Memphis, but it just seems like spacing wise, a massive problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I think mm-hmm. as long as Steven Adams is healthy, it's going to be really tough for Clark to get the the minutes that we would want to see based on right. his fa- fantasy potential, uh, which is why, you know, JJJ going out initially may have seemed like a huge boon, but I don't know that those overlapping minutes are going to be there. Yep. And Steven Adams has a new contract, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's go to the Spurs now. We've talked a lot about Trey Jones uh, with the, when it comes to the Spurs outlook. I think we know where we stand there. I think we generally know where we stand on Jakob Pertl. But I, I want to know the, your thoughts on a couple other young guys here. Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson in particular. Jonas, do you have a lean in one direction between these two guys? Do you like both of them? Do you like one of them? Where are you at? Well, if you had to pick who's going to be the designated man this year, I think it's going to be Devin Vassell, right? I think he's getting almost, I think he's getting more hype than Bain was getting last year. Wouldn't you agree? Because he's going round six and seven. They're kind of, yeah, totally. So in competitive leagues, they're mm-hmm. kind of taking a lot of the value out of him. But in a hometown mm-hmm. league, you can get Vassell so late that it's mm-hmm. just scary. Um, I went ahead and pulled up his player impact. Uh, without DeJounte Murray last year, he was at a per 36 line of 16.6 points, 6.3 boards. 3.4 assists, 1.5 steals, 0.8 blocks, and 2.6 triples. Like, those are early round numbers, in my opinion. So, uh, I'm happy taking them round six and seven. And in hometown league, you can get them even late. Like, that's just winning your league. Yeah. Also, I think pre draft ranks must be on different sites, must be having a pretty big impact on where Vassell is being drafted. For instance, in Yahoo, he's going with an ADP of 86. But in fan tracks, he's at 67. So there's a 20 hmm. pick difference from one site wow. to another. You've got to think that's largely influenced by pre-ranks. Um, but also, as Jonas pointed out, like the hype train is already kind of rolling for Vassell. He's a young guy who mm-hmm. we saw in a primary role before. So there's like a sample that people can refer to and say, yeah, he's got that upside. So it has erased some of the value to me. Uh, I still like him. He's going to get lots of steals, lots of triples. He's going to have the, the ball in his hands more. I'm curious to see how he develops as a playmaker. Like, I don't know that he's a still, I still feels a little bit tentative Mm -hmm. uh, to make a move and find someone while he's doing it in four preseason games, tiny sample size, but in four starts this preseason, he averaged two assists, which was sixth best on the Spurs. He was behind Gorgie Jang, Keldon Johnson, Zach Collins, Trey Jones, and team leader Jakob Pertl, who had 3.8, which this says a lot about how dimes. how this offense is going to look in the regular yes. season. It might be kind of hideous at times, but mm. uh, so that's something I'm keeping an eye on. Can, can Vassell get to, I forget what you just said, Jonas, but he was at like three and a half times for that stretch. I believe so. I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, um, that would be, you know, yeah, three and a half. Me. Mm-hmm. So I think, th- you know, three, four dimes, that'll that'll uh, scratch that edge. 
Don't sleep on those Jakob Pertle dimes. That guy has some squeaky oh, dimes. Yeah, that's you true. know, squeaky dimes. <laughs> uh, well, for, for Keldon Johnson, zeroing in on him a little bit. Last year, you know, a, a good year in terms of you know a handful of counting stats. You know, seventeen points per game, around six boards, a couple assists, uh, pretty good field goal percentage, two threes. But Jonas, the rest of the stat line leaves a little something to be desired. In particular, defensive stats: 0.8 steals, 0.2 blocks for Keldon Johnson. I mean, do we have any hope there, and how much does that impact your uh, outlook for him? Because I don't know. I, I could see him being a 20-point-per-game scorer, but what else is he going to give you? I mean, I like that he's improved his peripheral stats a little bit. That used to be like a glaring hole, so he's improved two of the three that we were really looking mm-hmm. for. Um, a little worried about the rebounds. I know he's going to play primarily on the wing instead of the four this year. That's a dip in rebounds. Um, I'm worried about the increase in usage because he doesn't strike me as a guy who's just going to thrive as like the guy if that makes sense. Like this could be like a Jeremiah Grant situation in Detroit where he's taking 20 shots and making seven of them. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm, I'm a little leery of him in category leagues, but in the points league, he's fine until March when they shut down their whole team. Right? <laughs> that's a very valid concern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the shutdown that's probably looming. It's really the defensive stats for me that I focus on from a cat mm-hmm. nine cat perspective because, yeah, they just haven't been there. Uh, all of last year on his monthly splits, he only had one month, which was a six-game small sample size October, where he averaged more than a steal per game. Uh, he didn't average more than 0.4 blocks per game in any month all of last season. And the assists did spike. So that's something, again, kind of intriguing to keep an eye on. That After the break last year, Keldon Johnson averaged uh, 2.9 assists per game to go along with 21 points and six and a half boards. The Spurs re-signed him. They obviously think he's a pillar of what they can become, yeah. at least for the next couple of years. Um, so I, I like him well enough. But like you, I'm a little leery of can those supporting stats, particularly steals and blocks, ramp up enough to to get him above his current ADP, which he's not cheap. He's going around 65, 70 in most leagues. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I think you're you're paying up for like a go-to guy, and it's not. I just don't think it's gonna. I just don't see how his value is going to match that. You know, I could see him being a guy who averages 20 points per game, but is, you know, outside the top 100. That wouldn't shock me at all. Right. Completely agree. No, no real Uh, argument. Uh, Deep league, deep league watch list name. We don't have to talk about him uh, unless you guys feel strongly, but Josh Primo had 23 points in 24 minutes on Thursday night. Just uh, much deeper league. I think that's a name to have on your radar. If you guys don't say anything, I'll just move Completely on. Completely agree. I'm not nearly as high as Trey Jones's arrest. I I think he's fine at his ADP. You're you're paying for a starter that was efficient last year, but Primo, that would be the one red flag if you're taking Trey Jones because he he looks really good, and Popovich always goes out of his way to compliment him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Primo honestly needs a little bit more hype than what he's getting. Yeah, and the, I mean the Spurs obviously loved Primo to draft him as high as they did, and yeah, uh, yeah. And Pop went into the preseason. This is what put a real red flag in my mind when it comes to Trey Jones is that Pop was like, we haven't decided who our starting point guard is. Whereas most fantasy managers seem to have already made up their minds. Well, Trey Jones is the heir apparent to DeJounte Murray, you know, temporarily. Just just pick him up. You'll get your dimes and threes in the later rounds. But Primo, as Jonas said, is a real threat to that narrative. So, uh, yeah, I would pump the brakes a little bit on the industry hype surrounding Trey Jones. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, you're not having to draft him super early or anything. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a good point. Um okay, to the Rockets. Uh this is a, another ADP either or. It's Jalen Green 
ADP of 71 on Yahoo. Kevin Porter Jr., ADP of 109 on Yahoo. Jonas, which is the better idea? Yeah, it's strange because Jalen Green, and le- at least in the competitive leagues that I've been in, he goes much earlier than this. So this ADP, mm-hmm. I think, is a slightly misleading. Like Generally, I'm seeing Jalen Green go off the board in the fifth round. So maybe the ADP is slowly catching up to where he's going. But honestly, if we're looking at these players, KPJ, ADP 109, I'm honestly leaning towards KPJ. They hmm. have very similar stat sets, but the one thing that KPJ has going for them, if you're willing to punt field goal percentage, of course, or turnovers, is the assist. Like so You're punting something. Or, you're or punting yeah. something. Percentage. You don't know what yeah, it is, yeah. but you are going to punt something. He's going to wreck something. To. <laughs> we don't know what. But yeah, like the big swing here, I think KPJ's uh, assist, like he can get you eight or nine assists in a game. And you look at the assist scarcity across the league, like, mm-hmm. it's massive. I'd, I'd rather take KPJ at half the price. The, the scarcity is a compelling argument. Mm-hmm. I, I'm loath to admit that, Jonas, because I want to I want to push back as hard as I can here. But right. uh, I, I think Jalen Green is my guy at an ADP of 71 versus three rounds later for <laughs> KPJ. I get the assist. He's going to rack up steals. But especially in category leagues, uh, I was reminded, Matt, the other day I was listening to NPR and they pointed out that a little video game called Mortal Kombat first debuted 30 years ago this month. And okay. when we talk about, I was always subs- more of a, I was more of a Tekken, Tekken and Street Fighter guy, but that's fine. Yeah, you like those polygons. We're talking fighting, yeah. talking fighting, fighting video games. Gotcha. Um, but the Sub Zero is what I'm getting at. The Sub Zero category oh, that, yes. that we've dubbed turnovers, field goal percentage, and free throw percentage. The areas that a player can, you know, if no one blo- if you don't block shots, you can only fall so far you can only hurt your team so much in that category by getting zero blocks but in field goal percentage free throw percentage turnovers there's theoretically no bottom you could drag the whole team into the abyss with you and kpj is one of those rare guys who is a sub-zero across the board he's going to hurt you in all three of the potentially most damaging fantasy categories so i'm i'm hugely leery of players like that and he's near the top of the list for me so uh his sub-zero potential scares me off I'm convinced. I'll I'm just switching say, teams. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Hold on. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna try to switch you back. But by the way, Ryan, I was I also started thinking this the other day on the podcast as uh, you know we you fill up a bucket in some stats right like points, threes, rebounds. You fill up the bucket in those other categories. You can dump out the bucket. You know what I mean. So yeah. that's another mm-hmm. way to think of it as dumping. If we get bored of saying sub zero, we can also say okay. dumping out the bucket. He's dumping out the bucket potentially in three categories. But but and remember to that to that end. Kevin Porter Jr. was borderline unplayable earlier in the year last year. Remember, everyone was like, can I drop him? What do I do? He was like the worst guy to have on your roster because he could go off on any given night, but he could just wreck you on any given night. Um, Down the stretch, though, okay, final 21 games, and I'm cherry-picking a little bit here, but this is how he closed out the season. 19.5 points, around five boards, 6.4 dimes, a steal, .6 blocks, three threes, 44.2 from the floor, 71.2 71.2 from the line, not great, okay, but 2.6 turnovers, okay? I mean, if you told me we're going to get 44, 71, 2.5, that's not that bad. He's hurting you in, in free throws, and he doesn't shoot a lot of free throws. So I can live with that. I just don't know if we're getting that, you know? So that that's that's the big question. Those numbers but are he's a young far, guy. I will admit. Okay, so Jonas is so conflicted right now. I I do lean I do lean KPJ, but I say that knowing I might regret it. But I also say it knowing I might get him outside the top 100 in some leagues. I don't know if you will in a more competitive league. But anyways, you're not you're not investing a, a 
the super premium pick. And my feeling on Jalen Green is, this is another one where Jared would yell at me, but <laughs> are we sure, are we sure that about his his blueprint outside of points and threes? You know, because final 25 games last year, okay? 22 points per game, great. 3.7 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 0.8 steals, 3.23s. And he shot 48% from the floor, nearly 76 from the line. Doesn't turn it over a lot. I get it. I think that he could make a leap in some of those categories easily. The points can go up. Maybe he gets the boards closer to five. Maybe he gets the assists closer to four. That's nice right there. But And the threes are great. But is he going to get steals? You know, I don't know. Hey, there's a lot to like here. I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking. There's a lot yeah. to like. That was a good finish to the season. Green, yeah. G- Green to me looked better every month of the season. Like he just got yeah. better and better and better. So to anticipate that leap in his second year is such a smaller mental leap for me to make than Agreed. KPJ being the guy he was the final month of the season when all bets were Agreed. off for Houston. So. But is he the rich man's Keldon Johnson in terms of numbers? That's the question. He's, he's better. He's going to be Zach better. Levine, right. You're hoping for Zach Levine numbers here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. He could be a, really good. good I, I'm, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But I don't know if I'll end up with him in a ton of leagues. So we landed kind of split decision there. Jonas, are you still on Jalen Green? You've bailed on KPJ or where are you? I'm bailing on KPJ. Ryan convinced me Ah, that your argument wasn't good enough. Jared is cheering somewhere at home as he listens to this. 21, 7, and 6 recently for KPJ in preseason with three steals. Shot it well, but I get it. I get it. You guys are bailing. I like both. Uh, You're going to regret that. Um, Okay. We, we do want to talk about Tari Eason here because this rookie has looked like a force of nature this preseason, 20.7 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 1.7 steals, 1.3 triples, a, a very intriguing prospect coming out of the draft. I think the number 17 overall pick in the draft. Question, though, about how many minutes will he get once the lights are on early, right? I think eventually... He's going to be all systems go, but is this going to be a situation, Jonas, where we have to wait? And how much appeal does he have to you as a late-round flyer? I mean, we all want him to play and start right away, right? Because he's been arguably the best player at Summer League, arguably one of the best players in the preseason. He's ranked fourth right now for rankings-wise in the preseason. Just massive steal, mm-hmm. block three upside, looks like a Gerald Wallace type. Like, my concern, though, just like last year, the Rockets didn't play the guys we wanted to play, right? They waited half right. a year to play Sangoon. They played Daniel Tice and Eric Gordon and featured roles, which was just a joke. So I hope we don't get the same, but honestly, like I could see a situation was, you know, we have Jay Sean Tate. Jay Sean Tate really, really helps her win Banyama odds. Let's just keep rolling him out there. So Mm -hmm. I think he's a guy you still have to target, like maybe ninth, 10th round now, but you're going to have to be patient, right? This is going to be a half season investment until he really pays off. I'm, I'm, hoping and thinking that he hits sooner than that even Mm -hmm. uh he's just been so good i mean we saw before training camps began beat writers for the for the rockets (laughs) and the athletic were projecting eric gordon as the starting small forward maybe they still are i don't know but i'm like that is patently absurd to me (laughs) like you're not going to ramp up Er eric gordon's trade value by playing him in uh, whatever it's just nuts and you're taking the ball like he's a guy who needs the ball in his hands yes he spreads the court and maybe benefits some players on the roster that way but it makes no sense to me um right i think is it kj martin who's essentially demanded a trade they're, they're mm-hmm. playing him now but he's probably not going to be here much longer so 
eliminate some competition there. And Eason has just been so good. Like in college, his stats were mouthwatering. Jonas actually chastised me because I had him so high in our in our initial pre-draft ranks. And granted, they're not ADP, and I did eventually bump him down because you didn't need to target him around yeah, 100. I just saw people drafting him right there. Yeah, totally. But like you, I needed to nerf his college stats by 30% just to get him at, at a projected 26 minutes per game to get him still right around top 100 because the defensive stats are there. He's not really going to hurt you anywhere. He'll get some boards. He, he just kind of does a little bit of everything. It's nine cap perfection, not as appealing in points uh, leagues, of course. But yeah, I think he's an obvious flyer pick. There's been a little bit of hype recently, which makes me mm-hmm. almost sad because I'm, I love those mm-hmm. guys who fly completely <laughs> under the radar and then just pop as the yeah. season goes off. But there's a little buzz around Eason. I would believe it personally. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sold on this guy. They have to start. Uh, I hope so. They Remember, they the have to, but they may quick, not. The first preseason <laughs> scrimmage, they had him in the third string, and I tweeted out, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, I third saw that. String. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Brutal. But, yeah. Uh, l- love the player, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm certainly going to try to get him in some leagues, but I think we have to be prepared to be patient. Moving to the Mavericks. I was looking at this roster, guys, and I, I, I think I, – I don't know if this is – fair to say but it's possible this is the biggest discrepancy in terms of real life good team and fantasy intrigue because good lord i mean after luca and christian wood who who ryan who on earth are we excited to draft outside of like a a very deep league no, but I mean, I feel like this is the Blazers conversation on steroids. Like, yes. no, 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 this is more extreme. I feel like, I mean, Luca, yeah, Christian Wood, yeah. I mean, wow, yeah, Reggie Bullock, Spencer Tim Hardaway Dinwiddie. Jr., Dorian Finney Smith, Dorian Finney Smith. Uh, I don't you know, Luke Spencer Dinwiddie, the yeah, doesn't win five games. It's so bad. you've got right Spencer Dinwiddie, who's probably going to start, get plenty of minutes. He'll get you dimes and points, but he's going to hurt you in percentages, turnovers. He doesn't get many defensive stats at all. He's just not a very good fantasy right. player. That's established. The he's front four is a is a total mess. Javale McGee mm-hmm. is a fifteen to eighteen minute player who's going to be starting, which cuts into Christian Woods' role. Which you know, Maxi Kleber, forget it. Dwight Powell's toast, etc. And then the wings are just a collection of three and D dudes who do you know, might hit top 100 value in a good month. And that's about it. So, no, I think your pessimism was right on, Matt. Yes. The only thing I'll add is that Dorian Finney-Smith will be a boring late-round guy if you need someone glued and you want someone to hurt you late. He is fine late. He was an eighth-rounder last year. The one guy you kind of have to watch, Jaden Hardy, late in the season, I think he could pick up steam. Uh, And then the other guy I'm watching, too, is Josh Green. Uh, I've never seen a player hyped as much as Josh Green was in the preseason Literally every mm-hmm. Dallas reporter that I follow is just like drooling over him. Um, hasn't been that good in the preseason though, but there is intrigue because he has a really good steal rate. Um, he has like a 40 inch vertical. He's just an insane leaper. So if he takes a jump, maybe he becomes a waiver wire pickup, but I don't think you have to draft him yet. By any means. It, it helps that Tim Hardaway Jr. Can't stay on the court. Yes. So, well, yeah, it, that's what I was going to say. I think you're waiting to see if he's healthy though, THJ is going to be playing ahead of those guys. You would think. Yes. Um, and as for Dinwiddie, Ryan, just to kind of underline the point you said, he is going as like a a tenth round guy. You know, I think his Yahoo ADP is one twenty three, and I mean, I get that with Brunson gone, he's going to have more opportunity. But I mean, this guy has been outside the top one hundred and fifty the last four seasons in nine category leagues, and that includes a year where he averaged almost twenty one points and seven assists. So. 
Dinwiddie, like you said, he doesn't get defensive stats, uh, not a great percentages guy. So you're drafting some points and assists and threes there. And I mean, that's fine at 123. I just don't think there's a lot of upside. He's 29. Yeah. You'll, you'll get no, okay. no, See, no pushback. Yeah. You guys were so bored by Din, Dinwiddie's outlook that just no one even said anything. It was just yeah. dead silence. I fell asleep. I you was hoping that's who we were still talking about. All right, let's go to let's go to a team with more fantasy intrigue. It's the Pelicans. It's our final team on our list today. Jared got mad at me the other day. He wasn't even here, but he got mad at me because I expressed some uncertainty about drafting Zion in fantasy. This is not about Zion the player or his upside or his potential, but uh, Jonas... Before I make my points, how certain are you uh, that it's a good idea to draft Zion with an early round pick? Where where do you land on this one? I'd be comfortable probably early fourth, right? And that's assuming a punt build. Let's mm-hmm. say I take Giannis in the first round. I come back in the fourth, mm-hmm. and yes, I'm already punting a category, so I'll take Zion. Um, yes, I'm expecting him to miss 10 to 15 games for load management, right? Because Pelicans are going to be cautious. They have every right to. Um, but he looks really good, right? He's lost some weight. He looks very mobile sure. on the court. He looks like his Duke days almost. So, yeah, fourth round, you're getting a guy that can put 27 points on 70% field goal percentage. So, yeah, there is serious upside here. And if he gets those defensive stats up to his Duke days, could be talking to first, second round player in punt builds. Right. Well, I was just going to say, like, if his ADP was in the second round, I'd say absolutely forget it. Like, I'm not even approaching that amount of risk and strategic nuance where you do basically need to be punting to extract Zion's full value. And that's assuming he stays healthy and on and on. But his ADP is 37 in Yahoo, which to me is just right. Like Jonas said, early Mm -hmm. fourth round, like that, that feels okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it does assume that you're going to punt probably free throw percentage, right? Yeah. And that's, that eliminates uh, a ninth of, your entire win total for the season if you're punting so it's a huge risk it's a strategic risk and if you got someone early who makes sense with that build then by all means but i'm not going out of my way like i'm not super psyched i get that the hype train is rolling and god bless jared he loves to hype the the fun factor guys i mean he he's all about king john yeah. he was and he he was right on him there's no one more fun from a fan viewing experience than zion but as a fantasy manager i'm nervous i mean like the dude takes so much contact even a slimmed down svelte version of zion is still an enormous person who with multiple lower body injuries yeah who's constantly taking contact and landing in the midst of everybody's feet and legs and on and on and on so it just makes me way too nervous. Bottom line is I have no faith in his ability to stay on the court. Yeah, we haven't seen him since May 2021, excluding preseason um, and, you know, explosive dunking videos in half-empty gyms. But uh, and I, I, I like the player, too. You know, I hope I hope he goes off. Uh, totally. But you are punting to the point you made, 69.8% from the free throw line on almost nine attempts per game during that 2020-21 season. I mean, you're you're punting. So yes. I do think, you know, he was 68th in nine category leagues that year, right? In 61 games. He jumped to second round that year if you take free throws out of the equation. So mm-hmm. like, well, okay, we're drafting him 36, 37 this year and we're punting and and maybe getting a second round borderline first round guy. I get it. I, I think I understand that strategy. You just have to execute that strategy, right? I mean, you have to you have to draft the right guys with him. So, yeah, I, I, I can see yeah. why you do it. But, I mean, and don't fool yourself. I mean, he's already got a 3-for-12 free throw game this preseason. Uh, mm-hmm. His other games have been fine from the free throw line. But just I, I just don't – I don't think that's changing. 
He's not a big threes, steals, blocks guy. Uh, Still, in this preseason, he's got two steals, one block, and one triple in four games. So, look, limited minutes, so maybe... I mean, he was .9 steals, .6 blocks, .23s. I just don't think those are the categories you're getting either. So it's yeah. a lot. There's a lot that has to go right. There's a lot that could go right. I just don't think it's going to be a strategy I'm taking. My my other draft strategy qualm with, with targeting Zion is that you're going to get a guy in the third or fourth round who's right forcing you to punt, and then the rest of your draft is going to be with that mentality. So you're probably drafting guys who are already bad at free throw percentage. So if Zion does miss time at any point this season, you're probably still losing free throw percentage because yeah. that's how you have built your team, and yet you're not getting all the benefit of Zion's stat stuffing goodies so you're probably losing field goal percentage now and blah 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 it will have a knock-on effect if and when he right. misses game and uh, i do that, think you that can, worries me you could build a great fantasy roster um with him i think you're potentially narrowing narrowing the road i'm not that good at punting personally honestly i just i don't like you know shrinking the pool of players that i can draft right but i i think there are some people who think that way and can do it really well so uh it just yeah uh but but now, going off from Zion, but connected to him still, uh, Ryan, who loses out the most in your mind from him being back in the fold? Is there a Pelican you're most concerned about? Because Zion, no doubt, is going to be absorbing a ton of usage when he's on the floor. Yeah, totally. He should be around 30 to 35%, probably. Like he's going to be way up there. Uh, obviously, lower-end guys like Jackson Hayes and Larry Nance are just buried by this development more generally, you know, the usage is going to take a, a little cut out of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. The mm-hmm. ideal there is that Zion commands so much defensive attention that those guys are going to get easier shots. Their field goal percentage will benefit, etc. Uh, we saw Jonas Valanciunas, his ability to pick and pop and even hit threes is going to be huge uh, to avoid massive spacing problems and so forth. So, uh, I, you know... I don't think it's like a huge hit to Brandon Ingram or a huge hit to CJ McCollum or anything like that. It's mostly those low end guys who are going to get obliterated. I'm going to add Brandon Ingram. Yeah. So I've seen him drafted in the same range he was last year. And I think that's a major red flag because if you look at his peripheral stats, they're garbage, right? His three point percentage dropped last year, steals and blocks dropped. He's, uh, I just don't get it. Like he's going to take a massive hit in usage rebounds and assists are going down. They've talked about letting Zion run the ball up the court, CJ McCollum, right. uh, Herb Jones even. Like now they have Dyson Daniels. I'm worried about Brendan Ingram. I think he loses 2-3 rounds of value easily. I uh, I I can see that Jonas to your point, point seven steals, point six blocks. I mean, he was around 24 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists last year and we, you know, we take something, you know, if, if Zion takes some of that usage, I I can, I can see the concern. I can. Yeah. Um I I'm a little worried about Ingram as well. I did not realize Ingram's ADP is 50 in Yahoo yeah. and 50 in, in Fantrax. Yeah, that's way too high. And, Plus, he's and not very durable. His, so. yeah. his nine-category value was 51. So you are you are drafting yeah. last year's Brandon Ingram with Zion back. I, I no, think that's a mistake. I want to add a sleeper for the Pelicans that we've got to watch is Dyson Daniels. Oh, yeah. Love Honestly, it. his I think it was at four steals and a block in the preseason. Like, this is insane. The, the only thing that concerns me is that they're, we're expecting them to trot out CJ McCollum as a starting point guard. Then they have Jose Alvarado. Then they have Devontae Graham. And then they have Dyson Daniels. And where does he fit in, right? They have a very weird backward situation. So I think 
Dyson Daniels is kind of the guy that we're probably talking about as a waiver wire pickup later on, as opposed to someone you're drafting right away, despite yeah. preseason. Yeah. And I've heard Devonte Graham's name come up in potential like trade talks. Like this guy is not really going to be in the rotation as the season progresses as I mean, Dyson Daniels is probably a big reason as to why not to mention Devonte's shot. I think no higher than 38% at any season in the NBA. So uh, just a high volume chucker. But yeah, Dyson, as you said, is a great guy to pick up as a flyer in deep leagues or just mm-hmm. put on your watch list in, in 12 team. I think that's going to do it. I think that uh, brings us to the end of our two division agenda today. We finished out our division previews. So go back and check out the others, as I said, if you haven't already. And don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate interview us as well. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live with us today. Ryan, Jonas, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you so thanks, much. Matt. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.